You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Well, welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am so excited to introduce you to Tabitha. Uh, she is Anna Shinabi and a proud member of Nipissing First Nations near North Bay, Ontario. She is not only the president and CEO of the Canadian Council for Aboriginal Business, CCAB for short, she works with Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal businesses to help strengthen a prosperous Indigenous economy and Canadian market. She's also a member of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce Board, and Tabitha is committed to working with members to improve business, competitiveness across all industry sectors. Prior to her current role as CEO, Tabitha joined CCIB in the fall of 2018 as the Chief Operating Officer. Tabitha, thank you for being here. Thank you. It's great to be here. So um, I want to jump right in. We're here. Episodes out. People are listening. What does it mean to be an Indigenous person in business in Canada today? And, and just in kind of the, the theme of what's been happening this last year and kind of the theme of what's going forward, what are you kind of seeing and hearing just from your Nash, national vantage point? Sure. Thanks. So at CCAB, we have a fairly significant research team and, um, you know, nothing gets done without the data. So we've been tracking the Indigenous economy over the past six, seven years, and we've seen significant growth. So we're close to 60,000 Indigenous businesses across the country. And Indigenous people are creating businesses at nine times the rate of non-Indigenous people. We also see a really high propensity to export uh, in comparison to non-Indigenous businesses. So that growth and resilience is so exciting to see and motivating for sure in the work that I do and we do every day. And I think there's this extreme potential in the impact that Indigenous entrepreneurs can have both on the economy in general, but on the economy within their community and for Indigenous people. And we can really start to close the social economic gaps that exist through Indigenous business. That's incredible. And, and man, I, I did not actually know some of those numbers. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and for those that don't know, like maybe those that are on TikTok or on Instagram and they see like Notorious Cree or Mikey Harris doing his kind of Métis jigging um, or, or have seen the news about like Cheekbone Beauty, you know, those are some maybe some more Indigenous folks that have kind of um, people are more aware of. Like, how would you know if someone has an Indigenous business or not? Like, what, what are the indicators that you could point out? So a lot of Indigenous businesses are very proud to say that they're Indigenous business. It definitely would be in some of their marketing material. Um, if they're a member of CCAB, then we have a program called Certified Aboriginal Business, where we specifically look at the businesses that are 51% um, owned and operated uh, by an Indigenous person. Um, there is a lot of question around uh, definition of an Indigenous business right now, and not everybody has the same definition or certification, but that's definitely what we use is 51% owned and controlled. So we have a special logo that any uh, Indigenous business that was certified with us would have within their, either in their promotional, promotional material or in their signature block. That's really cool. And again, I think what you mean, like maybe some governments are like, well, you have to employ a certain amount of Indigenous yeah. people and they'll they'll have a different definition. But it, what you're saying is if it's CCAB, it's more than 51% owned. Exactly. Yeah. Like the federal government requires that you employ 33% Indigenous people and you have to prove 
the identity of those people, which, you know, any of us who work in business know that you really can't ask your staff what their identity is. So it definitely puts an additional barrier um, on indigenous business. So, but we're working on that with the government. That's amazing. And jumping into just thinking about and, and knowing the landscape of Canada, right? We have like, you know, the 49th parallel and, and all the amazing cities that are right along there. But tell me about like rural communities and rural um, places where there are indigenous businesses, where maybe the internet's not as good and because, and you know, the economy's going to digital and what are they doing at the moment without strong internet? Yeah, so we definitely have seen through particularly COVID when we're all asked to work from home and move our businesses to home, that that's put an additional strain on Indigenous business, specifically if your business is in community and on a First Nation. And, you know, sometimes I think we think it's really remote communities, but even my own community, Nipissing, which is only about 10 minutes outside of North Bay in Ontario, which is a fairly large city. My parents live on the reserve and I spent some time there during this period working from there. And it was very difficult to have a WebEx conversation, very difficult to be on video. So they have broadband, but they will never have high speed internet. And they could literally drive about 10 minutes into the city and have high speed there. So it's not even just significantly remote communities. Also, Sapling and Flint, which is this incredible jewelry business on Six Nations, on community as well. They've said that you know, just e-commerce is difficult. They have to wait to do a lot of their business in the evening when uh, the broadband isn't being used as much. So that's definitely a barrier. And, I, and we are seeing some great strides provincially and federally on supporting infrastructure, specifically with broadband. So we're hoping that um, that will change in the near future. We've also seen businesses um really start to use e-commerce platforms. And part of that is supporting one another. So Cheapbone, you know, has always been an e-commerce cosmetics company. But at the start of the pandemic, I participated in a couple calls with Indigenous women entrepreneurs, and they were all trying to understand how they were going to support their business through this period. And one of the best things is that they kind of came together and collaborated on gift boxes where they all were able to put their products in and those boxes sold out, but they did such a great job of promoting their product and then being able to get their product more into mainstream. And a lot of those businesses over the holiday period said sales were way higher than they've ever been before. So I think the other amazing thing is just how you see these businesses promote one another. It's not a competition. It's about how do we support and lift one another, which is incredible. And they're part of this deeper family community that, that maybe no one else really has. Yeah. Yeah. Just the um, supporting one another, even from, you know, I need a new HR strategy. Oh, I can help you with that. I'll provide a template. Or, I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw people like shipping laptops across the country to support each other. It's, an, it's been an incredible thing to watch. It's amazing. This is incredible. It's such a, honestly, it's such an honor to have you here. I, I, this has been like a dream interview for a long time. <laughs> Thank you so much. Amazing. Okay. So Tabitha, I want to talk about Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, and, and those that are listening in case you didn't know, in full disclosure as myself, Darian, I'm indigenous, my day job at Jelly Digital Marketing and PR, we are a CCAB member. And I get these incredible emails every once in a while being a CCAB member, telling me about many amazing things like Christmas parties sponsored by Uber and the Facebook Blueprint, which I'm a huge fan of Facebook Blueprint. Tell me about what Facebook did with you to help people get Blueprint certified, help them get jobs, and to help them up their abilities on Facebook ads. 
Sure. Yeah, it was a super exciting for us at CCAB as well. So for those who aren't familiar with us, we're not a huge team. We're a not-for-profit. And about a year ago, when I took over as CEO, right when the pandemic started, actually, I haven't actually sat in my office since I got the CEO job, but we were about 30 staff. Now we're 39. So not not a huge organization. And, and Facebook came to us in October and said that they really wanted to find a way that they could support Indigenous businesses. They were doing something similar with the Black Chamber of Commerce. We were pretty clear that we wanted to do something on our own to ensure that you know we were supporting our members uh, independently. So we launched a program with them called the Indigenous Business Support Fund, where they invested a significant amount of money in us to provide grants to Indigenous-owned businesses. We also put that in a package so that they could also get membership to CCAB. And we did that because we wanted to make sure it wasn't just a grant and the business went away, but that we provided a full circle of supports for a year to this business. And then they also provided a scholarship amount for Indigenous businesses to take the Facebook ad credit initial program. For training. Yeah. Um, and we saw significant interest, even in just the Facebook training portion, yeah. um, more so than the grant. Like some businesses who said, I, you know, I, I'm okay. I'd rather the money go to someone who really needs the money, but I really want to take this Facebook training. And for ourselves as well, they've been a great partner with our own social media in being able to, for us to create our own ads on Facebook, which we had never done before either. I know there's been so much about Facebook, but They've also are really wanting to understand how better that they can communicate and how they can make their platform safe for Indigenous people. And I've participated in a couple of roundtables with their public policy heads to really open difficult conversations about what words should we be ensuring we're catching to make sure that it's a safe space. And what do I need to understand about Indigenous artisans and on their Instagram profile as well. So it's been a really great partnership. It is, I'm really, really proud of the team because really they came to us in October and we needed to get the grants out um, by the middle of December. So we provided 150 grants of $2,100 in cash plus membership, plus the Facebook scholarship. And the need was so evident from the program as well. We launched the program, I think at one o'clock and before two o'clock, we had 150 businesses that had applied. So yeah. Um, so exciting too for the like it was a it was a big moment for our team as well to be able to provide that to indigenous businesses. It's amazing, and thank you Uber Eats for I, I never mm-hmm. used Uber Eats before because I'm um, in Langley, but I I went into the big city of Vancouver and was able to use Uber Eats thanks to CCAB. So yeah, that was an awesome too, and that too was Uber coming saying like what can we do. So they provided us $50,000 in Uber codes for us to provide to Indigenous businesses. And um, and they were very open to that we could do that how we wanted, but we really wanted to do it as a as a gift for our members who have had a difficult year. So whether they needed Uber Eats with their family to buy a meal over the holidays or a ride, some people definitely used Uber rides as well. Yeah. Um, and then we actually had some left over. So we donated the remainder to the Indigenous Men's Shelter here in Toronto and to uh, Indigenous Seniors Home in Toronto as well so that they could either use the Uber Rides or Uber Eats as well for their residents. Amazing. Uh, And speaking of introductions, um, you have an amazing ability to introduce Indigenous businesses to non-Indigenous businesses. And, and you're working on that and, and, and working really hard on that. What, what does that look like for you? What does it look like for CCAB? And I mean, what are some of the activities that you're doing to, to pursue that? 
Sure. So that's definitely why we were created. So the original mandate of CCAB was to be able to bring Indigenous and non-Indigenous businesses together and how non-Indigenous large corporations can help support Indigenous business. So normally we do that through in-person events. We have three large events a year and then smaller networking events across the country. So definitely with COVID, that's changed for sure. But we have been able to really move into a virtual event space. We had a large conference in September, which Jelly helped uh, provide uh, some jelly for the uh, boxes that went out to all the participants, yeah. which was awesome. And eBay provided um, packing tape, which yeah. I, I love because Rob from eBay came on our show and, and told these incredibly inspiring stories about Indigenous businesses going global and selling global, thanks to eBay. But um, I brought my packing tape to show him and really love <laughs> yeah. that I was using his packing tape. Yeah, it was that was a really great little... So to be able to bring even that, like non-Indigenous and Indigenous businesses to donate to this box that we sent to the first 500 people that could attend the session was was great and just so great to see our members all wanting to support that event. But we also really do really one-on-one introductions. So if we have members who are looking, who have a certain product and I think, oh, this is something that this construction company might really like, we will make that one-on-one introduction. We're getting up to 1,350 members. So trying to understand how best we can continue to provide that service as our membership grows. But we also have a procurement marketplace where certified Aboriginal businesses have a profile within the marketplace. And then people who are specifically have a goal to buy from Indigenous business, so we call them procurement champions, are also in the marketplace and they can search through the Indigenous businesses or they can also post RFPs or RFIs within this marketplace. And that has been a really great way of making connection as well. It's amazing. Like a mat, you're like a matchmaker. Yeah. It's like, uh, well, it's on the, Harmony. that's CCAB right. Harmony. It's like a dating site for businesses. Swipe and left, swipe and right. <laughs> right yeah. That was our joke for a while when we first started. That's incredible. <laughs> so going forward and, and what you're seeing, and, and people are using the term BIPOC a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. B-I-P-O-C. Um, and representing the I in that BIPOC world, what does it look like the conversation between maybe the I, Indigenous folks, and, and the Black community and Indigenous people and the people of color community? And, and where are you seeing kind of the, the interconnectedness and ways that you're working together? Yeah, so the Black North Initiative, which I think people are probably pretty uh, familiar with, we're definitely, you know, allies with them. We're re- always trying to help support Black-owned businesses, LGBTQ-owned businesses, women-owned businesses. So we are part of a supply council that is putting on an event specifically for businesses that are minority owned or indigenous owned. Um, And then there's also lots of opportunities for us to speak together and to help support each other's voice through research and through some of the programming that we're doing. But it is a bit of a caution and something that I try to always be very clear about that Indigenous people in Canada have specific constitutional rights and we were the first people here. And it's very easy for government to create programs that encompass all of us. And uh, we have to continually be very clear that, no, we, we have a specific set aside rights that are in the constitution that need to be respected. And so I'm, I'm, constantly reminding (laughs) the government of that and of course they do always respect that it's just it's so easy to put into an acronym and 
and I'm I'm a bit I don't love BIPOC. I don't love the term. I feel like we all have distinct culture and distinct histories and yeah. to put us all in an acronym kind of does that a bit of a disservice. So mm. even the people of color part, like there are so many distinct, beautiful cultures within people of color. And I, yeah. and I think we need to really make sure that we're not losing that by creating an acronym. That's awesome. Uh, well said. Here's my question. So those that are listening that aren't indigenous and, and they're marketing, they're in advertising, they have these, you know, representing these larger companies. What's your advice for maybe like a first step, like kind of a, a baby step to working with indigenous people and engaging the indigenous community? What's your advice to, to those that are listening right now? So I think, you know, there are so many great indigenous businesses out there who are willing and wanting to partner. And even if it's a small project, so we have some incredible Indigenous-owned graphic designers in the marketing space that we use all the time. But if you're doing a, there's so much to be able to gain from any diverse voice, right? But I think even a small product. So as an example, when the Hamilton Tie Cats came on board as a member, they wanted to create a logo specific to the work that they were doing with Indigenous people. They went specifically to one of our members, um, Designed a Plume, which is a, a graphic designer out of Sudbury, Ontario. And they created this really incredible logo to announce their partnership. And it went out on Indigenous Peoples Day, but it had a story about it. And they were so great in the press release to talk about the story about why the logo was created as it was and to talk about Design to Plume and to promote that small business, which for that small business to have a contract with the Tie Cats is it's so exciting. That's amazing. So that, I think, like, that is just, it's a really easy way to find an Indigenous-owned business that you can support and work with. Yeah. And June is coming up, Indigenous, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, what are we calling it? We have, we have June 21st, Indigenous Day. People's Day. People's and, Day. And then the month, we have the month too, right? Is that correct? There is, there is a lot of people who really talk about, like, Indigenous History Month and be able to support and learn about Indigenous history in Canada. But I think, mm-hmm. and then, but I think there's also another month in, like, November or October, that's Indigenous Treaties Month. So mm-hmm. it's uh, to learn really about the treaties across the country. So yeah. we're doing the same about how are we going to be able to share those stories uh, in June as well and celebrate our members. Okay. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And, and those that are indigenous, you know, business owners, those that are indigenous within um, the marketing, advertising, PR community, what's your advice to them? What's your call out to those that are indigenous and your encouragement to them today and for this next year? Yeah, I think definitely there's a real opportunity right now. We see so many members, institutions, universities, colleges that are developing Indigenous inclusion strategies and large businesses, like national businesses. I had a really great call with Loblaw and the whole Loblaws and Shoppers Drug Mart. They're doing some incredible work on Indigenous inclusion strategy. And so I think there's a real opportunity out there to work with those corporations and help them develop the marketing around their strategy. You know, we often say nothing about us without us. And I think those businesses understand that they need to include 
indigenous businesses in whatever they're doing around the strategy. So we're definitely here to help make those connections, but I think there's a real opportunity and, and it's important to really celebrate that unique culture and understanding in the work that we're doing. Amazing. Say, say that line again. They could say nothing about us without us. So, yes. Yeah. Right. Can you expand that more? I, I'm fascinated by that line. Um, so I think, you know, if, if you're developing a program about Indigenous people or for Indigenous people, you need to have Indigenous people develop that program with you. You can't create something about somebody without including them. And that's the same for research. So if we see an organization that's non-Indigenous and doesn't have any Indigenous researchers come out with research on Indigenous people, the question is always, oh, how can you... It's with good intention. It's not with it's not with bad intention. It's good intention to to really shed light on the needs um, of Indigenous people or on the socioeconomic gaps, but you need to have Indigenous people as part of that work um, in order to speak about us. It's incredible. Um, what's coming up for CCAV? What should we be watching out for? Um, you know, both for those that, for those that are Indigenous and aren't Indigenous, should they become members? What, what's something that, that that you're excited about for this upcoming year? So definitely they should become members. <laughs> um, and even if they aren't Indigenous, becoming a yes. member is awesome because you get connected to this incredible world. That's right. And and we have this other program that I should speak about quickly um, called Progressive Aboriginal Relations. And it's a certification program that works with your organization to understand how best you can work with Indigenous people and businesses it's an intent-based program. So as an organization, you would really look at where can I make an impact? There's four pillars. So those are business development. So that might be procurement or partnerships or looking for equity partnerships to bring in Indigenous businesses. Um, employment. So how are you employing Indigenous people? What's your retention strategy? How are you ensuring that they have an opportunity to succeed through your organization? Um, leadership actions. So that's maybe we do have some members who have gone through the PAR program and now are encouraging their suppliers to also go through the PAR program. And then community relations. So how are you working with the communities that you're impacting? And some of that we might see, you know, definitely in resource extraction, we would have seen that for sure. But now it's businesses like Facebook and Uber that are really trying to understand how can we create a safe space? How can we support Indigenous people and Indigenous businesses? And that, uh, go you go through a three-year commitment phase where you're setting your intention and setting up your programs and doing that. And then we have a verification team that will go in and, and meet with your staff and meet with the communities and, yeah. and make an assessment on your certification. And right now, there are so many organizations who are trying to understand um, equity and diversity and inclusion and are trying to look at their ESG scores with in terms of investment as well. And it's not easy to be the one person in the organization who's trying to do that or push that program. And PAR is really there to help the organization through that program. So we have seen an incredible uptake in the program. There's currently close to 140 companies across Canada who are either certified in the program or going through the program. And we will continue to push the importance of that work. We also have some really great events uh, this year that we've uh, moved to online. So our event at the end of March is celebrating our award winners, our Lifetime Achievement Award winner and our uh, Entrepreneur Award winner. It's called Connecting the Circle. And the idea around the event is that we have all had a difficult year, either as a business or personally. It's been difficult on everybody's mental health and wellness. So we wanted to create 
an event that recognized that and acknowledged that. So we're bringing back some of the previous winners of our Lifetime Achievement Award and our Youth Entrepreneurship Award and connecting them in a discussion. And part of, you know, in the Indigenous culture, and this is true for so many cultures, our connection to our elders and learning from our elders is so important to us as people, but also to anyone's mental health. So we really want to make that connection. We also have Jordan Tutu, who was the first hockey player who has overcome some significant challenges in his life and is open to speaking about it. So he will be our special guest. And Ron McLean is going to host the event. So it's an afternoon event, and we're really excited about that. I mean, I'm a hockey mom and grew up in a hockey house. So uh, that connection of Hockey Night in Canada is something that (laughs) was part of my life and I think for so many people. So we're really excited to have Ron host the day. Very cool. Yeah. The question now is, will Notorious Cree make an appearance? <laughs> no, but we have uh, uh, Miss Cardinal, who will be doing a song for entertainment yeah. as well. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Great yeah. to know. Great to yeah. know. It's, I'm really excited <laughs> oh, about that event. Um, yeah. Just to celebrate our award winners as well, which is exciting. It's very cool. Very cool. Man, uh, Tabitha, are you are you feeling ready to jump into the rapid fire round? So I think so. Yeah. A little good to know you. Okay. All right. Here we All go. Right. Tabitha, what was your first job? I was a babysitter. Nice. Uh, night owl or early bird? Definitely night owl. Okay. Are you a cat or a dog person? A dog person. I have a border collie. Okay. What was the first thing that you ever organized? Like you kind of brought people together to do something awesome. Uh, when I was in high school, my boyfriend was in the All Ontario Hockey playoffs and I organized a bus to bring all the fans to their final game. Nice. Nice. Just prepping <laughs> you for today. That's great. <laughs> uh, dark or milk chocolate? Dark. Okay. Number one thing on your bucket list right now? Uh, just to travel anywhere right now. <laughs> maybe Kelowna maybe? maybe yeah. Visit yeah okay. We were just talking about summer vacations. Amazing. Uh, what's your favorite word right now? Intention. Uh, word that needs to die right now. Pivot. What was it? <laughs> Pivot. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, nice. Poor Ross from Friends is all sad. Everyone's <laughs> never mad at him because of that word. Um, what was the last charity you supported financially or with volunteer time and why? So I sit on the two charitable boards, Young People's Theater in Toronto and Wigwam and Housing, which is uh, Indigenous housing. So definitely those. Amazing. That's great. That's amazing. Um, what's a movie that you love that people should know about? Uh, we Will Stand Up. Okay. It's the movie about Colton Bushy's uh, trial. Okay. Okay. Available on iTunes movies? Netflix? Yes. Yes. Netflix? Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Favorite song or album on repeat right now? Morgan Whalen. Okay. Anything by Morgan Whalen. Okay. <laughs> Country. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> if you weren't doing the job you're doing right now, what would you be doing with your life? I would probably be volunteering in some way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the app on your phone you can't live without? Currently, Fitbit. Okay. Yes. Nice. Favorite children's book? Hmm. I'm failing that rapid fire question. Oh, you're doing great. <laughs> I don't. Oh, Big Red Barn, because I yeah. knew it off by heart when my yeah. kids were little. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that book. (laughs) Um, What's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? My career. Okay. Nice. Best thing you bought for under $10? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Come back to it. Okay. Mark, is there a book that you'd recommend? 21 Things You Didn't Know About the Indian Act. Okay. Yeah. It's, I have that book. It's an incredible it's amazing. book. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, podcast you'd recommend? Smartless. Nice. It is so um, funny. It's a, it's a great one. <laughs> yeah. Really, the guests are amazing too. <laughs> yeah. Newsletter or website that you'd recommend for like inspiration ideas for people out there? Um, there's one called CEO School. Okay. It's an mm. Instagram Okay. and newsletter. Okay. And what was the last thing that you Googled? Uh, how to run an effective all staff meeting. Okay. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> it's true. That's amazing. I'm sure you're not the only one. I'm sure yeah. you're not the only one. And, uh, and just for, just for my, I'm curious, Leafs fan or Canucks or Leafs. Jet? Leafs. Okay. Diehard Leafs? Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts or encouragement or words to, to listeners? No, I think, well, sure. Um, I think my closing thought would be that conversations around the history with Indigenous people and what can we do uh, to support Indigenous people are never easy. And it takes courage to ask questions and to enter into that space. But there are people and associations that are here willing to help support those conversations happen. So I would just encourage everyone to be daring and courageous. It's amazing. And I need to ask Dan Levy from, you know, became what I know as actually funny enough, I know him as um, MTV host. Mm-hmm. Who then went on to, of course, do a show with his dad and his sister called Schitt's Creek. Um, I really encourage everyone to take the U of A's uh, Indigenous History course. Would you endorse it as well, along with Dan Levy? Have you, do you know much about it? Have you seen it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've had a couple of our staff who have taken it as well. Um, I did sign up, but have not completed it yet just from time. But yeah, I have heard amazing things okay. from everyone who has finished it. So definitely. Okay. Amazing. So you've heard it from Dan. Now you've heard it from Tabitha. Yes. It's a great course. It's free. <laughs> I think it's still free. Uh, I think it's still uh, free as well because yeah. Dan helps support it be free for more people. It's incredible. Amazing. And I'm going to put a link to the CCAB website in the show notes. Other cool article, just that, um, just from what Tabitha was saying, we had a previous guest write an article, and we'll put a link to that as well, about what does it mean to be Indigenous and how to join boards, and just kind of like three practical ways to join boards and get involved with non-Indigenous organizations. So I think like what you said, how can people talk about Indigenous people without Indigenous people being represented and on those boards? So here's a great way to get on boards. Mm -hmm. Great. Amazing. Tabitha, thank you for being here. Thank you. This was really great. Yeah. I hope we can have you back again and and continue to share some of these incredible stories of Indigenous businesses right across the country. Yeah, for sure. It's a good time to make sure that we're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Lots to celebrate, which is really cool. I I even just, um, the Globe Mail on the weekend did the kind of the report on business and they highlighted Mm -hmm. uh, so many Indigenous companies in there. I was so encouraged. It was really cool to see. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll see everyone next time. Thank you. Canada. Thanks, Tabitha. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. 
All episodes are recorded at the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editor, Travis Jeffers. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.